Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tome Travelers, a science fiction fantasy book club podcast. Uh, this is episode 26, and we are going to be talking about Red Rising, uh, chapter or is part two through chapter. Part, uh, yeah, what was part, part three through part three, 28. Yeah. yeah. So very, it's a weird gap, but we stopped at 28 of part three, so, or chapter 28 words are difficult um but yeah before we get into that a couple quick announcements our patreon is live it's out if you want early access to episodes and tons of bonus content you can go ahead over onto our patreon link this or link is down in the description below it's also on our link tree so which if you have our bookmarks you can scan that and and figure it out there um and so, yeah, we also have our Discord open, which you can join, become part of the community, and and stuff like that. Before we get into our spoilery discussion, though, we've got a fantasy question this week. Uh, you gonna hit? You gonna hit that, Woodson? Sure. Uh, what sci-fi fantasy symbol would you get a tattoo of, and why? All right, who's taking this first? I'll go, I'll go first because I already got mine planned out. Okay, cool. So. Uh, <laughs> This is one I've already thought about, but uh, so I'm going to tie into this. I'm going to do like uh, uh, kind of like a rose into a map, into a compass type thing on my hand. Mm-hmm. And I want it to kind of wrap. I haven't got the map picked out yet, but like in the middle of the map right here, I want journey before destination. Yeah. And, um, uh, which is the oath, one of the oaths from uh, uh, Stormlight. Stormlight. So um, yeah. I think it'll be really sick. I thought about getting the edge runner thing too, but yeah. yeah I thought about getting the wind runner symbol. So I saw I a really it... cool crooked warden tattoo too that I really like. Yeah. But... Yeah. Also the bonds mage card thing. I've definitely mm-hmm. thought about that. Getting some rings. Uh, yeah. But the one that I've wanted for the longest is from Full Metal Alchemist, and it's Scar's sleeve. That he has his uh, his explosive making. Leave. alchemy tattoo his alchemy yeah. tattoo all right so mine i've thought about this for like a while um but i can't, i feel like i can't do it yet because for those of you who haven't ever seen me in person i i'm like a toothpick in terms of my build so i need to wait until i have like some actual meat on my bones and like i grow into myself i guess that's the way i don't know but i want to get a sleeve and what I'm going to turn my sleeve into is basically just a library of all the books that I've read and loved. And so, like, I'll get, like, so the first one that I'm going to get is I'm going to get the uh, Truth Watcher symbol. But then I also want to get the Bridge Four symbol. And then I'll probably end up, like, later down on, along the lines getting uh, the Mistborn symbol and just symbols of different books, like the 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 dragon from wheel of time the symbol of the turtle bear i thought about the turtle bear from uh from lightbringer also yeah so just like basically different symbols that represent all of the books that i've loved so that way like by the time i'm like 50 or whatever my arm is just like my library basically sleeved out yeah that's cool idea well let us know what you would get tattooed on you from yeah that's that's like uh i don't know if y'all seen it the tiktok but it's um He's got like uh, line work done all on his whole arm. Mm-hmm. It's a little hexagon square or like square hexagon tiles. Yeah, Tessellation. little hex. Yeah, 
uh, tessellations, and uh, each tessellation is a different tattoo from a different tattoo shop across America. And so, like, when he's in a random place, he'll stop at a tattoo shop and let them fill out that uh, hexagon or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's dope. You can do that with books. It's really cool. Like, it's a really cool idea, too, because, like, you got, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Much different. I don't know. I think that's cool. But... Yeah. No, that's sick. That is that is awesome. All right. But... Uh, but with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into episode 26 of The Tome Trap. Red Rising. All right, Dylan, All right. with the synopsis. All right, so uh, we started right after uh, Darrow's death, um, and we see um, that his uncle Nero had uh, slipped him a little little uh, roofie, and um, uh, we meet the uh, sons of Ares. Uh, they show him the uh, the surface, and that the golds have basically just been using them as slaves, um, and every other color all that stuff, um, and then we go into him wanting revenge, um, for his wife, and the Reds, and he gets this, like, surgery, like, this very painful surgery, dies during it, comes back again. <laughs> doc, man, it's like a yeah. cyberpunk ripper duck. Exactly, um, and, uh, he gets all that surgery to become a gold, and, um, infiltrate their society, he goes to, he, uh, uh, applies to their like their top level of uh, basically like their uh, West um, mm-hmm. and um, infiltrates them, does the test, sails at it, um, and then he joins. He gets in, um, does so well they think he cheated, and then uh, we see him start the school, and it's basically like a Hunger Games esque type war game um, where you have the different houses and they're all they have different keeps and they're all against each other a uh, really cool concept and right now he's just like struggling to uh figure the game out he's meeting friends well making friends with the golds um which we're gonna see how that works out since he's like against the golds and um seeing that their society isn't everything he thought it was what did, uh what y'all think about this part i'm still getting thrown off by the first person present tense yeah yeah MD told me the same thing i told him i didn't mind it because i don't know it doesn't bother me yeah i I was talking to y'all earlier but i'll I'll say it again like when you tell stories you tell them like you tell stories kind of the way that empire of the vampires told where like we're sitting around the campfire and i'm telling you what happened in my day it's first person but it's past tense and so like i can read that and it makes sense to me but like first person present tense you don't really tell stories that way or hear stories or watch stories that way and so it just it throws me off um but the reason i stuck through it is because the plot is really good and i really like like what's happening i'm really intrigued by like this whole world and everything Um, (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna go find out what that dog doing oh my gosh um yeah uh, so, I don't know. The way I kind of described it, while we wait for Dylan to get back here, the way I kind of described it is, like, when you're playing video games with your friends, that's the only real time you're, like, talking the way that this book is written, where it's, like, yeah. if you're playing, like, a game of Counter-Strike, you're, like, guys, he's pushing out on A. I see him pushing on A. All right, I'm 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 flanking. I'm walking behind him. They don't see me. Like, that's the only really time that that happens. 
it doesn't make for good storytelling. So, so to me, it's like watching like a POV uh, movie or TV show. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of saying. overfilledy. Right. So, like, I get where you're you're thinking like a book should be like telling a story. Mm-hmm. To me, this is like a movie, or yeah. like like I'm yeah, I'm watching someone's point of view, and I'm 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 but. You're in their brain. I'm also, I'm yeah, I'm also getting to hear their thought process and all that. So yeah. it doesn't throw me off because I'm viewing it like that. I think, um, but mm-hmm. I do get where you're coming across as far as like if I was, uh, like if he was like telling a story. And I think he does a good job of not turning it into like switching POVs where that makes it yes confusing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the only other first-person present tense book that I've read in 10 years or so, probably, is uh, also the worst book I've read in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Fuck, what is the name of that book? Ready Player One. Oh, uh, yeah. And Pierce Brown does a way better job of not just treating this first-person POV like a self-insert. Yeah. And, like, stroking his own ego. Like Darrow has flaws, and he's like a character. Like yeah, like, and so I was gonna ask so you like about that. that about that Whitson because you're big on characters, and I feel like I feel like uh, the characters in this book are really good. Um, it's it's hard for them sure. to be as deep. I feel like in a multi POV book, you get different perspectives of people, right. and it, it fleshes right. them out more. All you get is Darrow. Right. So some of the characters feel a little flatter. But then there are also these developments with the characters that I thought were flat, um, where it's like, oh, that's an added layer. Like the fact that Titus is a red. He's another Sons of Ares insert, presumably. Um, That gives him way more depth than I I thought he was just evil because we need an evil guy. We need a bad dude. Yeah. Uh, So, like, I've liked it so far. the, The first person perspective thing is weird, but it also feels like. It's just constantly driving forward. Yeah, like boom, that is boom, boom, boom. that is one of the things that I will give it credit for is the pacing has been immaculate. Like it yeah. just feels like we're just constantly moving on to the next thing, and like there's times where like I feel like they drop some like lore or something like that about like how the universe got up to here, and in my mind I'm like I should go back and reread that because I want to figure out what's happening. But also at the same time I'm just so entranced by what's going on in the story that I want to continue reading on with it. Yeah. So um, that's what I was going to say, and that's why it was so easy for me to get through the first three books when I first read this. Because mm-hmm. it, it's like the pacing is just there, man. It's like constantly something, but you're still getting character development. You're still getting, you said, little lore drops. And so like knowing y'all are having, because I read it all the way through, knowing y'all are having to stop, like I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say the the one thing, and this isn't, a, this isn't a knock on the book. This is just the realities of, my life my situation but it's been really hard for me to listen to this at work because of the pace and because of the first person perspective and like it's if i miss something in a multi-pov book i'll get it from another character later Mm -hmm. you know what i mean this book i've had to like stop and go back a chapter and like re-listen to something because i'm like not completely focused on it and it's all from darrow's pov and it's all present tense he's not reflecting on the past really at all right and so like if you do get something from another character like it's something that he noticed and so it's like probably not going to pop up again yeah i get that uh like i said that's no that's no hit on the book that's just my my situation but um 
Also, the audiobook's not the greatest. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. I would suggest uh, actually reading it, because that's what I did the first time. And it was... uh, I felt like the audiobook was easy to get through, because I I love the book. But reading it was like page turner like i'm, yeah. I'm can in confirm yeah. can confirm um, i don't have the the copy of it so i've been reading on an ebook but can confirm yeah it's just so easy to just like sit there and lose yourself in it yeah um what y'all think about uh the sons of aries that we meet harmony and dancer and uh who else do we meet harmony dancer uh the doctor i forgot his name the, the whole thing kind of reminds me of cyberpunk if I'm being honest, the uh, Cyberpunk yeah. 2077 like original storyline with like the um, the Edge Runners um, and how like there's you know these upper echelons of society, the corpos who run everything, and it's like we're gonna do our little odd jobs and like you know commit some terrorist acts mm-hmm. and try to destabilize things, but like ultimately we're kind of ineffectual right now. Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I especially really enjoyed like the the whole like medicine super soldier transition scene that we got with Dara the entire time I was reading that I've been on a Warhammer 40k kick recently so I've been like I have a 3d printer so I've been like 3d printing minis and space marines and all that stuff and I read that and I'm like they're making this they're making Dara with space marines they're like they're genetically modifying him it's like so like I've been I was all over that chapter where uh they were just genetically modifying him I was like this is so dope yeah well and that's and that's the deal it's like so like these golds are like I mean, they have been breeded to uh, perfection. Like, even with the school, like, you see when they do uh, the culling or whatever, where it's like they, they 100 get in, but only 50 actually make it because mm-hmm. they get the weaker ones out. Um, like, they have, like, bred, I mean, I mean, it's Darwinism to its peak. Even mm-hmm. the war games, like, it's like the strong survive. Yeah. And then, so, like, you see, like, Darrow, he's, like, four foot um when we first meet i don't know how tall he actually but he's like really little like really like he's meant to be a mind like a lesser being so to say um and so like it's not and i think that's one thing i like about this book too is like it's not like they made him like super uh like he could just do everything the golds could do without surgery like he had to have modifications he had to have something to stand up to them um but his brain was there. They didn't do anything to his brain. Like he's got the intelligence of it, and like he and well, they, I, they gave him some like synaptic accelerators or something. They called it. Um, so they like plugged some shit into his brain to make his brain work faster. But he was already crazy smart, or he wouldn't have been able right. to handle it. Yeah. And uh, dexterous. It talks about how his hands and um. Yeah. So yeah. 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 I, I liked the transformation thing. Uh, and I liked the way that they got him into the school. Like, all the political intrigue stuff has made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sometimes throws me off in books when, like, when characters are making dumb decisions that are also, like, don't fit, you know? But the, this book's been really consistent all the way up. And, and like, the, the culling thing, uh, I thought it was cool. That was a cool concept. Especially with this being, like you know, us leading into a battle royale situation. Um, It's hard for me to grasp that the golds would just intentionally throw their children into this though. Like, unless they're really confident that their kids are going to survive. So it, and it gets into that in later books, but basically the golds believe in what they're preaching. Like, Mm. most of them fully buy into it. Yes. Not, not, not all of them, but most of them believe like they are meant to be 
the leaders. They are meant to lead society. They are meant to like they are born for that, born and bred for this. Um, they are better beings. Like they are. Uh, uh, oh, what's that like? Superior. Uh, yeah, they're superior. Uh, um, but uh, and they most of them have bought into that. So yeah. like um, uh, well, so like Julian's death is what I'm thinking of. Right. right. Like that's that's what I'm thinking of. And I mean, if fifty percent of them die, you'd have to be real confident in your kids to send them, I would think. Yeah. Well unless okay. you drink the Kool-Aid and you're right. really well, legitimately that's Spartan. That's what I feel like it is, is they've all drank the Kool-Aid. They've lived in the society for so long that they're all just like drinking the Kool-Aid and on board with the fact that like, oh yeah, like and and also I feel like there's a lot of ego that comes with that. Like if you drink the Kool-Aid that says you're the best and no one can stop you, then you you're yeah, my children are the best, no one can stop them. I'll send them in to yeah. go fight. Like they're so blinded by their ego that reality can't touch them, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, the ego's there. And some of them don't even know that happened, right? Like the upper like obviously the upper echelon do it talks about how uh, the Blonas knew um Julian and them. Um well, Julian didn't know, but uh, I think Cassius did, and um, some of the other Antonia. I think she mm-hmm. knew. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's very ego driven, and so like Julian was. Has it talked about how the Bolognas and the Augustuses are no each other? Okay, so like um, spoilers. Eh, it's not really a spoiler. I thought I think yeah, it. I, I think it did mention that. Uh, already it was, but it just maybe i might have missed it. It, it it doesn't really that comes in a lot later but like i think it mentioned passing but um it does come in a lot later um but yeah julian was definitely he was like had the smarts and like it talks about how he was um gifted uh, with the razor well the that and the krav magal or whatever the the martial arts yeah um, yeah yeah it talked about how he but i mean darrow's just a monster like you gotta understand like even in this society, like Daryl's surgery has put him like top one percent of goals. So like Julian was supro- probably was supposed to make it in theory, mm-hmm. but Darrow is an outlier. So yeah. that too, along with the ego, though. Like, so I I, I do I do get what you're saying uh, as far as like, but like he later also on, didn't seem to have any killer instinct, right. Julian. And it, I believe it talks. I don't know if it talks has talked about it yet, but it does bring that up. It's it says you know, um, Cassius brings up like Julian wasn't meant for this. Like I tried to talk him out of it. Um, he's not a killer, you know. Yeah, but, I, I see that being a huge point of contention. I like Cassius as a character, and I think that him and Darrow are like good together uh, the him getting beaten and pissed on that was titus right that was titus and his goons that did mm-hmm. that yeah see that that was really weird to me well uh, well i don't know i mean I, I was doing something while i was listening to it so maybe i missed some stuff what like what's the context around that what did so I so basically you know they have the different factions within house mars right so did he got... call him out in the middle of a in the middle of the group or something is that what titus was getting revenge for so I believe at this point we're not well at this point we are but like for that when that was going on with Cassius like they weren't fully all against each other yet um mm. it was like like we got our own groups but we're still kind of like like 
House Mars or whatever. Um, but then once Titus started his like, I believe that's when Titus actually started his um, capturing like, the the women and taking capturing them to the, the women tower. and uh, his uh, uh, anarchy chaos mindset. And so it was just like so. Cassius is like this golden child. This, I mean, he it talks about how pretty he is, and um, he belongs to House Bologna. So like, and we know Titus is a red now. So mm. like him, like he's basically pissing on golden society. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I get what Titus's motivations would be like outside of the the game, outside of the like context. I just didn't know if if Cassius had like pissed him off somehow, and I just missed it. Uh, Besides I just being his opposition. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think he went and told him to do something. Um, and, yeah, I think I think Cassius tried to go, like, boss him around, and Titus didn't. Yeah. But, uh, so, speaking of Cassius, and you talked about the... What do you think is going to happen with that, between him and Darrow? I, I think at some point it's going to come out that he killed Julian. Also, I think he's about to kill Titus. I don't think he's going to kill Titus. I mean, he's I, the other red. He could bring the whole thing down. He's being like a loose cannon, a shithead. That is true. Like, but he also, could fuck up all Adaro's plans. Yeah. Well, we also, also see that. I think he's like, I think he's going to have this moral dilemma about it being like, he is, you know, he, he's not the enemy, basically. He is someone I need to, I'm, like, I'm fighting for him. Essentially, is what's he's happening. He's one of my. He's one of my people. Yeah. 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 But we we see that Darrow, uh, even though he's like filled with revenge, um, he's not. He still doesn't agree with how Titus is handling. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he he's not completely with, apathetic. Right. Um. He doesn't agree with the the raping of women. Um. He doesn't agree with all the like uh, just violence. Violence. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, and and so, like, I think that's interesting, too, to see two different, because we, it, at that point, we know that there's different uh, mining colonies across Mars, and so, like, different, like, basically, so, like, he didn't know Titus before that, but there's different, like, sections, like, uh, where Darrow lived, mm-hmm. and so, like, I think it's really interesting to see, like, the different mindsets of coming into the revenge aspect of it, um, and when we, when y'all learn more about Titus's backstory, you get a little piece of his backstory you understand why he is the way he is too um and why he thinks it's okay for it's just all the shit he's doing right um but and 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 going into like even though darrow doesn't agree with it like we see when he's talking to mustang after he gives the standard back he's like would you care He, he tells her like would you care if uh it was a red all that stuff was happening too and so like we still see that he's got that mindset like you're doing all this shit to Reds, so why should I care that he's doing this shit to you guys? Mm-hmm. Right. Basically. Yeah. Uh, what other characters stood out to y'all? What do y'all think about Mustang, Severo? Um, Man, the side characters aren't, have not yeah. been super interesting to me. That's what I've been saying. They, to, I feel like, too, like, genuinely, I finished this, or I finished this section Wednesday, and I honestly couldn't tell you who did what with the side characters, like, with their names. Just because they, they just don't stand out to me. Like, I know what's going on, but... I, I think mean, it's a consequence of the first-person yeah. present tense. Because, like, so, he'll, like, honestly, Severo, I, I have, was not tracking Severo at all until right there at the end with the mm-hmm. standard. Yeah. 
like Cassius is cool. Uh, yeah. Titus is evil or, you know, a bastard anyways. Maybe not evil, but like those are the only two side characters that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. So the after ad- after Dancer and the the Ripper Dog. Those characters are, and Olympia. Yeah. Um so those characters as their relationships develop with Dar- so right now we're getting Darrow's relationship with Cassius, it's developing that. As he starts developing these relationships with the other characters, you'll get a lot more in to their mindsets and all that. Um Yeah. But well, this first uh, book's also really short. And it seems right. like they just get longer and longer. And that's what uh I really want to like I don't even for the Patreon, I want to do the, the second third book at least mm-hmm. pretty soon. Um mm-hmm. because they are kind of shorter too, so it'll be easier to do and also like the first book is great. I feel like it just gets better. And yeah. like especially the political intrigue, the uh the fighting, the action. Well, and I'm then sure we'll also, go into the broader universe, right? Yeah. The, you, the you settled would. universe. Yes. So um like this is like yeah, this is all in a dome. Like sec- starting in the second book, whole like it it just spoilers, man, spoilers. Yeah. Come on now. Well, you know. I mean, it's written in first but, yeah, person. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. Tense, so you gotta yeah. you gotta imagine that the main character is gonna live through it. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's more books. Unless Lightbringer just ends on a cliffhanger with Darrow dead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um. See what uh, what do y'all think about the game, and like the houses and all that? I think it's interesting. I think it makes sense. It's kind of formulaic. Like it matches up with other battle royales that I've yeah, read. Yeah, like it's very much like Hunger Games esque. Um, it makes sense from the Gold's perspective, right? Like the yeah. this like hyper Darwinism, this eugenic approach. It makes sense within the story, and I don't hate it. I don't think it's like out like like overdone or yeah. I think it's executed well. Um, yeah, I, I like how they have the capture the flag type mechanic basically going on. Um, yeah. It's not just like Hunger Games, which is everyone battle to the death. It's very much like there's objective and goals, and there's mm. politicking that even goes on within the process. Like when you well, see... and there's a per- there's a way to permanently get a player out of the game without killing them with the enslavement yeah. thing, which yeah. I think is a cool yeah. little. I was going to ask what y'all thought it. about the enslavement thing and how that would tie into the gold society, too. I bet they stay slaves forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it just shows the golds that it's like, hey, this person, like, they, they're they not fit for leadership in the sense that they can easily be enslaved. They can, like, um, there's like a TV show or something like that that said, like, the, the best investment you can make is by a U.S. congressman. And it's like, if the golds are running society, they don't want people being able to manipulate the golds. They want them to be able to do it all themselves. They don't need these giant corporations' monies and things like that. And so I feel like the slavement part is trying to weed out the people who would be easily bought, easily, you know. Easily yeah. overpowered. Or overpowered, yes. Yeah. I think it's also trying to, like, instill in these younger golds that this is okay. Well, and that when you when you have power over someone, you should make sure that they're completely subjugated to you. Yeah, complicit. Yeah, yeah have it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and that's that what... reinforces the caste system. It's like you know, if people are beneath you, they are absolutely subject to you. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you talk about this being a small book, but I feel like there's so much in it. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it, it's a 
it is literally a, a short, small book, but there is a lot in, in here to think about. Yeah, and I feel like it's written so well. Um, I really, I, me personally, I really like. I think he read it, wrote it well. I know y'all don't like the point of view, but like as far as his writing and all that, yeah. I feel like he yeah, did. Yeah, really it's, no, well, it's not even that I don't like it. It's just like uncomfortable. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like there's like a like a growing pain thing. Like of when, getting like used when you to have it. a rock in your shoe. Yeah. yeah, you can still walk, and you're gonna walk places, but it's just like there, and you're like, yeah. I think I can get over it. I think I think with yeah. five or six books, I mean, I'll I'll get used to it eventually, but it's like uh, it's just a little jarring. Oh, and and like I said, comparing it to the only other first person present tense book that I've read in the last decade, mm-hmm. a million times better. I mean, <laughs> a billion times, but infinitely yeah. better. Yeah. Um see what else oh what do y'all think about the proctors they're kind of kind of two-dimensional cartoon characters a little bit or at least the one for house mars is uh what's his name fincher or some fitchner Fitchner? yeah he he's a 2d cartoon character fucking cartoon villain interesting so far he's like like uh something to do with that it's like wily coyote or some shit yeah uh, what about all the other, like, I think, have you seen the other, yeah, you've seen the other ones, like, where they come, like, to watch, they, like, feast over them while they're all fighting and killing him. Yeah. Yeah, what do y'all think I mean, about that? So, I- I'm thinking that these peerless scarred, at this point, are just psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very insane. They're very narcissistic, egotistic. Apathetic. Apathetic people. Yeah. Um, but they are the... They are the peerless scar of the gold. Like they're top one percent. Like they're of a society of the golds who is already a society that is all those things, anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. and like I, like I was saying, they buy into all this. So like they think like the more they are peerless. Yeah, we are peerless. Um, yeah, so they're okay with all that, and so um, that makes the society as a whole like. It, really understand like y'all inter- y'all been introduced to some of some of the other colors too like pinks are for pleasure and um silvers are like your middle management people mm-hmm. yeah copper are law enforcers is that right so, uh the gray the grays are like kind of like law oh, the grays yeah. grays are like law enforcement lower soldiers uh have y'all been uh introduced to blues obsidians any of that obsidians yeah. we've seen obsidians. yeah yeah, um, they're like Blues, the, I don't think we have uh, obsidians. They're like the super, like the dumb super soldiers. Yeah, and we learned a lot more about the them Sardaukar. Too. Yeah, um, Sardaukar. Yeah, like I said, the second the second book and further, it really expands the universe. Um, yeah, this this introduces Darrow and some of the other main characters. Well, um, see, like we're not even we're barely that. halfway through the book, and I'm like, even if we weren't reading it for the podcast, I think I'd definitely continue. Just yeah. based on what we've read so far. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Well, you yeah, also good... did like make us stop at the biggest like. I tried to. I tried to find a good good spot in the middle. Um, there was a there was a spot I really wanted to go to other than that spot, but it was too far. Too far. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and y'all will get there pretty quick, and you'll know what spot I'm talking about. <laughs> Probably I, the end of I part fully three. Plan I on imagine, finishing right? this book like tomorrow. <laughs> I will probably finish it on Sunday, I think. Um, is there anything else that jumps out at y'all? Y'all want to talk about the test? Um, 
the no. picking pro the, like the drafting process anything like that um did, well how much politic something... was in uh, how much politic was in the drafting process and how they were trying to like even out the houses in a way or you know like uneven the houses uh, okay that was, so that was pretty interesting yeah i was gonna say how much control do you think that these um politicians and stuff have over all this a lot a lot 60 or 70 percent of all of this is is just politicking okay so going into that and bringing up your earlier question about julian do you think it was random that he got stuck with darrow i don't think it was random i think either they thought julian was going to slaughter him or someone wanted the balonas to be weaker and they thought darrow was going to slaughter julian yeah or both. Two two different parties could be at play who are like, oh, well, Julian's got to get through easy, so we're going to take this random kid from this unknown house and put him in there, and Julian will just slaughter but him. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that because he was literally the 10th pick. Like, Darrow was the 10th pick, right? Like, for the draft. So he was, he was the 10th overall pick. First yeah. pick for House Mar. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... So if they really wanted Julian to succeed, they're not going to put him against someone. So unless they see him as a threat and they're like, we're going to put him, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by that stuff too. So oh, what's his name? Who's the guy that was, um, his mom's like a big political figure and he died and wasn't supposed to. And it showed um, up. Pr- uh, Praxis or Prox, Prix, Prix, Prax? Praxis, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Audio book. Um, I, I don't know how it's spelled. Who, uh, who do you think got rid of him? I'm wondering if it was um, the uh, the girl, the crazy girl. Is that Antonia? Antonia, yeah, yeah. Um, is she is she the one that um, Darrow had the encounter with at the beginning of all the testing and shit, or is she uh, in another house? So you talking about the blonde on the horse? Maybe the one is that Mustang. Seen- yeah, that's must. The one he sees multiple times before that, he talks about how... Yeah, he sees her in the showers, and, like, she blushes, yes. and he's like, oh, that's not very gold of her. Yeah, so the one he sees in the showers and on the horse is the same girl, and that's must. That's, that's why he called That's oh, why he calls okay. her... Uh, well, one of the reasons he calls her. Okay. See, I lost that, and I was lost in the sauce. This, yeah. The perspective... That's the one thing about the perspective that's really bugging me, is it's so easy to lose this shit. In, in the sauce, because mm-hmm. it's all from Darrow, and, like, you're not getting context clues, really. Yeah. I think I think it'll get better in as it goes on, and especially in the next book. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I could see how, especially, like, introducing these characters, especially because you're character-driven, um, how it would, expect like, be a little bit more frustrating, because you're just getting well, his perspective. This, it's not a knock on the book. It's my fault for not paying enough attention. It's just mm-hmm. hard to pay attention. It's it's really hard to pay enough attention to this first person perspective thing mm-hmm. because there aren't there aren't others other perspectives giving me context clues and building up this whole puzzle. It's like it's one one set of eyeballs on the puzzle, and like where that set of eyeballs is at any given moment, I don't, it's is a little bit harder to keep track of. But that's not the book's fault. That's my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of anything. Uh, I else. have I have one thing that I wanted to talk okay. about. It said it was like one of those things again that was like barely talked about in passing. But it said like it was talking about like how Darrow was like 
so confused as to like why they would just waste lives here, things like that. And they're one of the proctors or one of the like the the golds in charge or whatever was like, we have like there are a hundred million of you in the galaxy. We can spare a few, or, or it was something like that. Yeah, what he are, said there were there were. I, th- I thought he said there were a hundred million of you on Mars. Yes, yeah. that yeah. There's that kind of put into perspective just how big this universe is. And it's like, because, you know, we've been reading a lot of fantasy where it's like small, highly populated settlements. But now it's like, I don't know, it just kind of opened my mind to just how vastly populated this galaxy is. And also just how massive, like, how many options there are for people, basically. And it's like, yeah, we do not. It's so they're so merciless with it that that just kind of like threw me off for a loop. I don't know why. But yeah. it is a weird way to have to change your your outlook on things because like we've been reading um f- fantasy set in like medieval yeah. or like like pre-industrial and like this is not a struggling humanity that yeah. we're observing. Yeah. Like th- this is incredibly successful humanity like colonizing the stars and not really having any like opposition it seems like maybe mm-hmm. aliens come in at some point but I mean, this seems like just humans taking over everything. Yeah. yeah. And so the, it's just interesting to see how, like, merciless they are with it, mm-hmm. which is cool. I don't know. It's yeah. just interesting to me. Yeah, well, that's... And that goes back into, like, how they, they like, believe and how they... Because when they conquered Earth, you know, the iron golds or whatever that went to Earth, um, that's how they conquered. So, like, they... Like I said, they fully buy into what they what they're shooting it's not like those societies where it's like um the slaves are the slaves and you know you got a bunch of fat guys feeding each other grapes or whatever and yeah uh, little wusses like these are machines of war and politicking and how intelligent they are and like they study like from the time they're born they study war yeah honestly it reminds me a lot uh, which probably just because I'm I'm reading them at the same time, but it reminds me a lot of um, Lightbringer and the Satrapies in, in Lightbringer. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe book two was too early to see a lot of it, but no one is stupid. Yeah. No one yeah. is stupid. No one is powerless. Everyone's incredibly strong, incredibly smart, incredibly skilled at politic, and it's like it is a very dangerous game. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that is a perfect way to put it. Like there is, you're not going to go out and find a dumb gold. And if they are, they're getting cold. Like Darwin, like like survival of the fittest is very prevalent. <laughs> yeah, and it's because yeah. they do things like the culling. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, it gives it a high stakes feel pretty much all the time, which is cool. I think that's another part of the pacing is like there's there's never a down there's never downtime there's never a moment where it's like oh Darrow's not in any danger here. Like no, if he exposes himself to anyone, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the high stakes I definitely I think I I think adds to the uh, the pacing and like intensity. Sure. Yeah. I think that's all we got though, right? Yeah, I think Is that's... there are there any story points or anything that you guys wanted to talk um, about? Not that I can think of uh, off the bat. Um just mm-hmm. read to finish and yeah, we'll talk about it next time, and I, I want to yeah. see y'all's thought process on how it ends. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm def. I'm I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Um, so everybody, check out our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, We're gonna talk about our TBR. Also, or... our TikTok. Um, MD needs to do Sunlit Man on the I TikTok. Do. I need to Dylan do needs to do the pariah on the TikTok. Yeah. And then I'm going to do some stuff on the uh, later Lightbringer books. Yeah. Um, Stay tuned. Speaking of that, we want to talk about a TBR real quick. Yes. Um, I'll go first. I So like Whitson just said, I literally finished the Sunlit Man last night or the night, the night before? The night before. No, no, no. It was last night. I finished it last night. Sorry. I've slept since then. Um, really good. I'll talk about it more on the TikTok, hopefully. Um, and now I'm just having the internal debate of what to read next between The Well of Ascension um, or Dragon Reborn or Malice. And I think I'm going to go... <laughs> I think I'm going to go with The Well of Ascension, but I'm not locked in stone yet. So that's... What are you reading, Dylan? Uh, I'm at the exact same spot I was last episode. I'm off work again, so it's like I'm not... Uh going through books or anything um yeah i'm probably when i do start something back up i'm gonna jump into unless unless we're gonna do these books for the patreon i'm gonna jump into iron gold which is the fourth um and then i've also i bought uh it's called the will of the mini by james uh islington or something like that um i've heard really good things about it and it's got really good reviews so i'm gonna give it a give it go we need to do malazan need to do malazan really badly yeah maybe next year next summer do malazan uh i don't know what made me think about that the will in the mini thing so I, i'm reading a lightbringer still i'm most of the way through the burning white at this point uh, holy shit if you like the first two keep reading i mean we might do the rest of them for the patreon but uh it just got better and better and better and uh haven't made any progress on Codex Alera or Wheel of Time. They're still on my TBR. I'll pick them back up at some point. But Lightbringers sucked up all my free time. Yeah. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with that, we'll go ahead and end the episode off here. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. We ask that you share, follow, like, subscribe on your preferred platform. We're on Spotify, Basically. Apple, YouTube. <clears throat> but also Patreon where you can get bonus content. So really go check that out. Our videos as soon as we make them. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to wait. We are recording this, just to give you guys a peek behind the curtain. We are recording this on November 4th. This episode will not release to the public until November 15th. So if you want early access to our episodes, go check out our Patreon. Um, And then also our TikTok and our Discord. Um, So yeah. Uh, go check all those stuff out we appreciate y'all for watching and listening and uh we will see you all on the next one peace